just have a short message for you this morning. I'm going to talk to you this morning about living living in the fullness. It's a little bit different to get ready here at the house and with all the kids and all the commotion and sitting down on the couch instead of staying up playing and sitting here with a pillow on my lap and a tablet instead of being at the pulpit. But but the Spirit's still here in our prayer. We're still in His presence. So I'm going to be reading today from Mark 14, or Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. Um, I'll give you a chance to get to that um, while, we're, while we're waiting on you to turn there in your own Bible. Um, you might want to mark this up a little bit today. Um, you can still give in tithe and offering, givelify. Uh, you can give through givelify or you can give through the mail. Uh, the church address is 1816 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Um, the Christmas offering that uh, that we've been taking up uh, was able to help four families that was uh, seven kids in them. If you can't tell, I'm a nervous wreck today. I'm on the camera again. I'm not used to that. So, and it's a different. Uh, you'd think it'd be more comfortable at, at your home, sitting on the couch, but it's it's a little different again, being in front of the camera. So, many of you already know that we were exposed to coronavirus um, earlier in the week, um, and since then, I've tested positive for it. Um, my symptoms have been minimal. I had the, about the third day after I was uh, exposed to it. I had uh, fever, low-grade fever, a few times, and it would pass and get it'd come back and pass, and just some sinus congestion. You can tell my voice sounds a little bit different. Um, had some coughing and stuff that went along with it, along with like some fatigue and feeling shaky and those things like that. My symptoms then, since then have have almost they're almost gone completely, and I, mean, I still have a little bit of cough, a little bit of tickle in my throat, some, but the, and a little bit of congestion in my nose, but. Um, I give God all the glory for that. And just because I came through it this easy, we need to be careful not to minimize um, what people are going through with this. Because just because I'm going through it easy, and um, I mean, I give all the glory to God once again, but everyone may not have that same experience with it. So we need to, we need to be careful that we, that we take care of that, in that. So anyway, Mark 9, 14 through 29. <coughs> Usually when I'm this nervous, it takes me about 10 minutes to settle down and I can actually preach. But today I'm not really preaching. I'm just talking to you about, about scripture here. And uh, hopefully it doesn't take me 10 minutes. I'm hoping the whole thing's going to take... I'm, I'm not hoping. I'm thinking the whole thing's going to take about 10 minutes. But Mark 9, 14 through 29, it says, And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples... And, and think about this. At the disciples at this time, they'd had some success. They'd already been sent out two by two. They, they'd already seen demons cast out. They'd already seen people healed. There's already, they'd already seen people's lives transformed. And, and they had some success, much like us today. We've, we've seen some people healed. We've seen people's lives transformed. Um, we've seen things like this happen. So when, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. And scribes disputing them. Now, this word here, describes, I looked it up in the concordance, and it means experts in the law. And so many times we think of them as people who just copied the Bible down over and over again, and they did that. But they knew the word backwards and forwards. They, they, they were experts in the law. They knew all the writings of Moses. So this word disputings here, so, because it says he came to them and the scribes were disputing with them. This word disputing in the King James uses the word questioning. And that word questioning means to seek or examine together. So the disciples who had some experience and the scribes who knew the law backwards and forward were, were seeking to examine together what was going on here, right? They were trying to understand why what they'd seen happen before and why what they read in the book 
wasn't working exactly like they thought it should be. This is much like the church today with what's going on in our world. You know, we we see this virus and we see the, the fighting and the grumblings and everything going on in the world and we know what the Bible says about it and we believe what the Bible says about it. And we've had some success in it. We've seen people healed. We've seen things happen and, and we've spoken of things and we've seen mountains moved and we've seen these things happen. But, but we're not living in the fullness of them, right? Even though we know what the Word says, even though we... We, we know what the word says and, and, and we and we get together and we try to talk about these things and this reminded me of this when me and Brother Adam were having a conversation earlier this week. But in 15, it goes on to say, immediately when they saw him, saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And 16 says, and he asked the scribes. So can you imagine us standing around talking about this and saying, you know, we've... Our pastor's got this coronavirus, and he believes in healing, and he believes in all these things, and we know the book says this, but but why isn't it working right now in this example? Why is I mean, and I've had light symptoms, and I give God the credit for that, but but why haven't I spoken to it, and it's completely gone, and I believe that I can speak to it, and Jesus spoke to a fig tree, and it died. So, so we believe all these things, so we're standing around talking about it, and Jesus walks into the room. Can you imagine that? Jesus walking in, and they all flock to him. I would flock to Jesus and ask him what was going on. And, and talk to him about it. So immediately they did that. And in 16 it says, And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? What are you all talking about? Then one of the crowd answered in verse 17, Answered and said, Teacher, I brought to you my son, or I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they, that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he, Jesus, answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He was upset with them because they, they didn't believe this big. Their faith wasn't that big yet. 20 says, Then they brought him to him. They brought the boy to Jesus. And when he saw him, when the boy saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed, convulsed him and fell on the ground and wallowed foaming in the mouth. He tried the same garbage on Jesus. This demon this demon fell to the ground and locked this boy up and did all the things he did for the disciples. The disciples that's had some success, just like the church of today, we've had some success. We've seen some people healed. And we're standing around right now wondering why isn't this working? What do we what do we do and what are we doing wrong? And we know that God's word's right. We know all these things. And this this demon tried to pull the same thing on Jesus. I almost said mirage, but I don't know if that's the right word or not. Try to try to use the same thing on, on Jesus though, and Jesus wasn't impressed by it. This is why he was able to fool the disciples. You know, so many times we can see the symptoms. We can feel the symptoms. We see what's going on. We watch the news. We see the television. We see other people around us getting it. You know, we, we, we lost Brother Frisbee just a few days ago. A great man of God from the coronavirus. Uh, I'm not giving the coronavirus any credit. That's not, that's not what I said that for, but but we see things, and, and just like they saw things in the natural, they got, they got busy looking in the natural instead of in the spiritual. So he, Jesus, asked his father in verse 21, <coughs> Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and 22 says, and often he throws him into, into both, both into the fire and in the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have, compa- have compassion on us, and help us. If you can do anything, Jesus, he said. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. 
All things are possible if you believe. And, and catch this in verse 24. It says, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I think this is where we're at so many times. Though we believe, we know what the word says. We know what we believe. We know that we know that we know. But then there's that little shadow of unbelief because we we get we get hung up looking in the natural and we and we can feel the fever. I could feel the chills a few days ago when I, that's been the worst part of this thing for me. It was when I had the fever. You know, most of you had a fever, probably all of you have, and you and you and you have chills and and you're hot. My head was hot. My body's freezing and and that helps. I mean, when you're when you're feeling those things and when you're seeing those things, not just the coronavirus. This is this is in everything in life. When you're, when you're watching it on the news and all those things and you're hearing the reports, that weighs on your mind. And, and, and it, it, it creates that little doubt, that little bit of doubt of unbelief. We're, we're used to listen to our, to our flesh more than we're used to listen to our spirits, what I'm getting at with this whole thing here. They live in, living in fullness. When Jesus, in verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him, and enter, enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsing him greatly, convulsing him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. <coughs> and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not do it? And Jesus said, in, in, in this this account is given in the book, book of Matthew, it's given in the book of Mark here that we're reading, it's also given in the, in the account of, of Luke. But in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, if anyone would say to this mountain, be uprooted here and be, be planted in the sea, he says, it shall be done for you. If you say it and you don't doubt it, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he says in Matthew 17, 20, it goes right along here with, with Mark uh, verse 29. It says, nothing will be impossible for you. It doesn't say for him. It says nothing will be impossible for you. And 29 here in, in Mark Loretta says, So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Did you notice when, when the dad said, The dad said, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. He was completely dependent on Jesus. He knew he had no other, he had no other answers. He had no other way. He was completely Dependent on Jesus. Church, we're not, we're not living to the fullest because I believe we're not completely dependent on him for everything all the time. We, we have our own means and our own abilities, the way that we try to do it. And, and we want to be that way, but, but we live in a world that fosters us living in the natural. Um, but it said, he said this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. This prayer is to build a relationship. It's to... It's to you know, we converse back and forth with, with God, with Jesus. We talk to him. He talks to us, right? We, and, and the, and the, the uh, fasting is to train our flesh, our, our flesh, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Because so often we are in our mind. We're in our, we're in our emotions. We're in, what, in our will, what we want to do. Or in our emotions, how we feel. Or, or, or what it feels like to us. Or what it seems like to us. Or our mind, what we think we know is best. But remember this. Before we were saved... We were spiritually dead, spiritually dead. So we only had to rely on that natural being, that natural man, our soul. And Jesus made us alive. It says he made us a brand new creation. 
a brand new creation. And we fast to train that soul. I'm talking about living in fullness still. We fast to train our soul to, to shut up for a while and listen to that spiritual man because when he made us a brand new creation, he moves into our spirit and the Bible says he speaks to us. The spirit of God speaks to us through our spirit, but we're so busy listening to all the voices and all the noises and all the feelings and the emotions and things around us that we forget about what he's saying and what his word says, right? So too often we try to fast beyond our ability. I'm talking to you about fasting today. Too often we're trying to fast beyond our ability or beyond our experience. Brother Adam, when I was talking to him, I hope you're not upset about this, Brother Adam. I don't think you would be, but he said, it's probably been a year since I fasted and it was three. It was a three-day fast. And I thought immediately when he said that, three days might be too long for you if you haven't fasted for a year. And I'm not just talking about Brother Adam, I'm talking about me. It's been probably eight or nine months before I fasted before this last week. God laid it on my heart to fast. And so I wanted to talk to you today about an intermittent fast because I think most of us aren't, aren't well trained in, in fasting. We, you don't jump straight out into a 40-day fast, right? Or, or, or we, we'll try to fast beyond, most of the time we try to fast beyond our ability and we get ourselves in trouble with that and it's tough and we fall out and then, then the devil jumps on us. Or we look at a fast altogether and say, no way, I don't want to fast. I hate to fast. I, for one, don't, I, it's not my favorite thing to do. So, why wouldn't we start with something small, an intermittent fast, right? Just fast a, a meal or something, or I fasted lunch yesterday and just spent that time. And it's not just about skipping a meal. It can't be about losing weight, but just take that time and, and spend it with God. And when I did that, so the Spirit showed up so strongly. That's why Jesus said this kind comes out by prayer and fasting, spending time with God, putting your flesh aside, putting your body aside. To have that time with him, even in, even in a small, just a little intermittent fast, just give something up for one meal, one one day, wherever you're at with it. If you're there, maybe it's a week for you, maybe it's forty days for you. I don't know where you're at, but but I feel like the majority of the of the body, the majority of the church, don't fast much. So we should start out small and set ourselves up for success, and let God build us up from there. So, as I was talking to brother brother Adam this week, we were talking about what we believed, but but I still had tested positive, and, and, he, and we talked about the Scripture. He, he quoted Jesus, actually. He said, we know that we believe the Scripture. We know the Scripture. We know what it says. We're like, we're like those scribes and, the, and, those, and those disciples. We, we had some success with it, even. But this kind, he quoted Jesus, Brother Adam did. He said, but this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. He said, but our fat bellies, I got a feeling, don't like to fast much. That was his exact words, not mine. And my, it brought to my mind, my pastor used to preach a lot. My, my pastor was, he fasted ongoing and he, we did it a lot more when we were in our home church, honestly. But he, he called it King's Stomach all the time because this time of year especially, we have hams and turkeys and pies and, and we have all the fixings and, and, you know, homemade cookies and all those things. But would it hurt us to give up one meal of it? Just one meal of it for God, to spend time with him, to, to, to get out away from our family and everything for a while and just go into your quiet, your, your quiet place and, and pray and spend that time with him. So with that being said, that's, that's what I intend on doing is, is uh, intermediate fasting for a while. I'm going to give up a meal a week for a while, I believe. And, and I mean, you, you do it on the level wherever you're at with whatever God speaks to you. But uh, 
I believe that's how we get some of our power back. Um, we're not living in the fullness where we should be. I mean, look at how it worked in the other church. And obviously, I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead in my lifetime, so we need to get back to that. Um, we're standing on God's word. Me and my family, we're standing on God's word. And, and Katie read some of the scriptures to you. But by his stripes, we are healed. We're already healed. Jesus already paid for that healing 2,000 years ago, and I agree that he paid for that healing, and I'm receiving this healing, right? So by his stripes, I'm healed. We're healed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, Katie, Katie read to you earlier, Isaiah 54, 17. Whoever can say to this, or whoever would say to this mountain and not doubt, right, can move this mountain. Jesus cursed the fig tree, and it died, right? I believe that I can curse the, the coronavirus, and have it die in my presence, in my body. It, can, it, it will die in my household. It will die. We're standing on these words for our, for our household. For our, our, our household is our whole, every, all of our kids and everyone that lives here. And, and I believe even the ones outside of here because they're our children. So we're standing on these words, on God's word for our household. And for our church family also, for you. You're all our church family. Um, so we'd ask that all of you all would please stand with us on these words. Um, and if we're standing on God's word, there's no room for negative tongues, right? <clears throat> All throughout this virus, I've, I've heard ongoing, I hope that your symptoms don't get worse. I hope that so-and-so's symptoms don't come back on them, right? I, don't, I hope they don't have any lasting effects. I hope it doesn't settle in their lungs, right? <clears throat> there's no telling how long this could last. This could go on forever, right? Church, I want to remind you today, don't hope. Don't hope. Instead, pray and fast. Throw a little fasting in with that prayer, right? Agree with God's word. When you hear someone say something, when you're sitting there watching the television and you hear the news, I don't believe that's a great idea to watch it very much anyway. But when you keep hearing these things and you're hearing these things, before you agree with them, think about this. Ask this question. Who said? Who said? When people are saying things or when the news is saying things or whoever they are that are saying things, who said? Are they, what, is what they're saying agreeing with what God's word's already spoken on us? With what God's word already said about us, right? Ask that question, who said? Before it comes out of your mouth, where did that information come from? Is that something you heard? Is that something you're hoping for? Or is that something you know to be true? Something that God's word, or we're agreeing with, with the truth, right? God's word. Is the only way. This Christmas is, is much different for all of us. With today was supposed to be our Christmas service. We were supposed to have our our kit our skit with the kids and stuff, and um, it's a little different not being there. You know, and we're supposed to be all the Christmas songs at church and stuff, and instead it's me and Katie doing a song here in the living room and and bringing you a short message. But um, it's I mean it's quite a bit different in, in, in not being at church and also with our families. You know. Usually we go and have family or Christmas with Brenda's side, Christmas with Brenda's side of the family, and we go and have Christmas at my mom's with my, and my sister and and nieces and nephews, and everybody's there. And and the same thing at Brenda's side of the family. And I'm sure you all do some of the same things. And this year we can't be there. We're just here in the house with the kids. I mean our immediate family. Um, so Christmas this year is a little different, but it still has the same meaning. It's still the time that that little baby Jesus came, and we don't know the exact date, but this is the time of the year that we observe it. That little baby Jesus came and gave, he came and was born in this world so that he could give his life on the cross for us, right? So remember, even though it's a little different, even though it might be stressful, even though things might be way off for you this year or seem way off, it seems 
way off for me not to be in church this morning. Um, I still got up at 4 o'clock this morning and came out of the living room to prepare. And uh, it's just different. But remember this, though, that we're all in this together. We're all here together. We're all going through things a little bit differently. And I know that as a pastor, uh, I've never, I mean, I've been pastor for six years now, but this is totally different than anything I've experienced. And I think most of, different than most of anything else that anyone else has experienced in in my lifetime. So um, with that being said, I don't want to ramble on too long. Um, We love you all and Merry Christmas. Can we close in prayer? Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Daddy. We just praise you, mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would bless these folks. Father, God, bless them. Lord, I pray that you would touch them, Lord, as you, as you reach out on today on Facebook and, and on the podcast. Father, God, Lord, I pray that you would just touch people's lives, Lord. Touch our minds, Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord. And Lord, remind us of King's stomach, Father God. Lord, remind us that we need to fast, Lord. That's where the power lies at, Lord. Part of the power, part of the key is, Father God, that we need to fast, Lord. Jesus said this kind comes out by by prayer and fasting, Lord, that we would remember in this time, Lord, not to get caught up in just the commotion, the hustle, and the bustle, Lord, and the gifts, Lord, and the food, and all those things, Father God, but in our relationship with you, Daddy. Thank you for this, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Father, and you still want to have a relationship with us, Daddy. Lord, we thank you for all that you do, Father. We praise you, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would just draw us close to you today, Father God. Change our hearts change our minds, Lord, set a fire down deep inside of us, Daddy, that we can't contain, Lord. Use this time, Lord, that we're out of church today, Father God, to bind us closer together with you, Father God. Lord, use this time to bind our families closer together, Father God, church families, Lord, and biological families, Father God. Lord, we thank you that your word says all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord, Daddy. We know this is an attack of the enemy, Father God. But, Lord, we know that you can turn these things around, Father God, and make them for your glory, Father God. And we know that your glory is glorious, Father God. And we thank you for this, Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you all.